Hello everyone and welcome to episode 21 of Trapped in My Mind. I'm your host Seth and today with me, Jill. Hi everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jill, uh, thank you for coming on. Mm -hmm. I am looking forward to kind of diving into a few things. Um, One of the main things that I think uh, we can relate very heavily on is our kind of gravitation to music would you say that that's uh 100 percent. so i'll kind of take it i I think anyone who's following this knows kind of who i like Mm -hmm. mainly and he's also right there (laughs) yeah there's lots of there's lots of telltale signs but um why is music so important to you and who do you look to i know the answer but well obviously you know the answer some people do know the answer i mean obviously from the time I was probably like 13 years old when I first started listening to Mac Miller, I immediately was just like, I mean, it wasn't even his deeper stuff at that point. It was like Knock Knock and it was Senior Skip Day and it was Donald Trump and it was mm-hmm. all like the basic songs that he came out with first. And like, I was just drawn to it immediately. And I always, before that, I kind of liked music that was more alternative and mm-hmm. more like, at that point, it was like a day to remember and like okay. four years strong and like everyone like that. And so I was more drawn to those people. So it was weird for me to be like so attracted to an artist at that point. Mm-hmm. So you and, had you like bands more? Yeah. Okay. I typically always like bands, but it was with Mac, it was different because then after like I started listening to him, like he just started evolving into a better artist, mm-hmm. like and more like deep into who he wanted to be, yeah. it seemed like. So when you get into like when he released his first album like Blue Side Park and then you get to Macadelic and the mixtapes and like how many deeper like personas he had and like alter egos and like he literally came out with a jazz mixtape and like a lot of people yeah. don't even know that. What's it called? It's um Larry Lovestein. Oh yeah actually I feel like I did know that very <laughs> It was on SoundCloud um but like with a show and stuff he just always I mean it's the MTV2 show that he had for like two years. He had an MTV show? Yeah for like two years it was MTV2. It was called MTV? No, it was on MTV2? It was too? on MTV2. About what? It was like Mac Miller and the Most Dope Family. And it was like his first like huge house he bought. And it was like him okay. and all his friends that lived there with him and shit. Okay, that actually could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I love getting a glimpse into like artists' like personal lives. Again, no, who right. knows what they're showing if it's actually like... Obviously. But I, I enjoy it. But I will say, I think one thing that uh, if people don't listen to Mac Miller or don't know him very well, I think one thing that might have boosted his recognition was his, uh, what's it called, Tiny Desk mm-hmm. performance? Because that shit... Yeah. Cause I always kind of after that, like dude. I listen to that a lot of time. Just like it, like I will put it on as background noise, and then I just get sucked into like watching it. Like yeah. I can't like, like Thundercat and him together too, and like their relationship was beautiful, and just like seeing Thundercat perform with him, like what's the use during that tiny mm-hmm. desk? And obviously, a lot of people know that he didn't get a lot of recognition until after he died. Yeah, but like it, that tiny desk like helped boost that. Like it yeah. was like. It was big right when he did it, and then after he passed away, like, it just blew up. Yeah. like, everyone started watching it, and, like, I watch it very often still. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it's, I don't know, it's beautiful. Like, I just love Tiny Desk in general, though, too. I agree. I mean, <laughs> almost all artists, Tiny Desk gives me, like, more appreciation for them, mm-hmm. even if I went in there liking them or not, and I'm waiting for the day Cuddy goes on. But one thing that the Tiny Desk did... hasn't. Dude, right? It seems like it would be something he would do. Also, sorry. Are you good? Oh, wait. Is it good? There it is. That's my bad. Um, a bad host. But um, uh, the tiny desk kind of made me realize, or maybe it was discussions from people like you who know more about him, but he does a lot of his own, like he plays his own instruments and um, uh, mixes and masters and produces his own music, which I've seen how hard that is and not even scratching the surface of like a professional level. Absolutely. So it's like when somebody can not only, you know, make good music and, and, and sing it and write it, but they're also doing all of the the percussions and stuff to it that fucking blows my mind so yeah I, the tiny desk for me was like no whoa. right like when i actually started like learning stuff about him that's what was one of the things that drawn me in so much was like yeah. he self-taught all of those instruments to himself yeah that's another thing like i'm like drums guitar like piano like all of it like when i saw him at eastern he just played the guitar behind his back and it was just wonderwall by always says and i'm yeah. like are you kidding me like <laughs> I came to a rap concert, and this is what I'm seeing, but I love that about it. Like, yeah. I love that people came just thinking it was going to be a rap show, and then it was him just doing a random Wonderwall song, like, just Wonderwall in the middle of it. Joe, I have to say, I'm you're killing me right now. This, you don't have the headphone on. What do you mean? Oh, my God, really? It, it Why felt, did you say something right when I put I it on? I didn't realize it. Oh. I, it felt like it was. That's my bad. No, it felt like it was. I'm not kidding. <laughs> well, now you're good, right? Now yeah. you got it on. Sorry, I was just... 
I didn't want to go the whole time not not. Well, I mean, you could have said something like five minutes. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize <laughs> I'm it. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was so uh, into the conversation, and then I just happened to peer at your ear, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe she well, maybe fine. she doesn't want to have both ears in. <laughs> but uh, okay, anyway, um, so with Max specifically, because you said you always kind of had a draw to music, right? Mm-hmm. So what about him specifically? Did did his lyricism hit you, you know, differently? Did his music come at a time when you needed it? It was kind of a time when I needed it, but also it had a lot to do with the community that came with it. Okay. So, like, I remember all throughout high school, like, people always thought it was so weird how, like, many internet friends I had and, like, people I would talk to from Twitter and, like, stuff like that. But I was, like, I started listening to Mac because I liked his lyrics. I liked when you got deeper past the basic stuff that everyone knew mm-hmm. that it was so much deeper than people realized. Mm-hmm. And, like he had this group of people that were with him from the beginning and he just had them to the very end. And like, that's what I loved about it. Like he never changed who he was. Like it was always, he always just remained true to who he was. And like, he didn't let labels change him. He didn't let like his friends change who he was. Like he dated the same girl for like 12 years. Like, (laughs) is that Ariana? No, it it was, it was the girl that he was dating her before Ariana. So it was Nomi. It was like his high school sweetheart. It may have not Uh, been, it's probably 12 years is an exaggeration. Yeah. A long time. Well, right. It was a very long time. But, um, the community that came with it, like, I remember, like, when Twitter first came out, you just tweet everything. Like, it's, yeah. this, I mean, if we went back in all of our Twitters, we would all be extremely We'd all be canceled. Literally. I think. <laughs> so, I, like, would tweet about Mac Miller, obviously, and that's when, like, you tweet a hashtag every two seconds and stuff, and uh-huh. then, like, you just start getting more followers of people that like the same person as you, and then, like, it just became, like, this huge community where it's, like, I mean, they call them all Mac heads, mm-hmm. but it's just... It's all the people that you know love the same artists as you. And, like, yes, you all could be completely different people. But, like, you just have that connection together, kind of. And mm-hmm. it's, like, deeper than just, oh, I like his music. Yeah. Like, it's you have a deeper connection, like, with the artist even. So, like, even when I met Mac, like, he, when I walked up to him, like, he just, like, hugged me, like, immediately. Like, was just, like, how are you? Like, how are you doing? Like, how's your day? Just, like, talking to me. And then um, it was really quick because I think it was, like, when he first started getting really big and it was at the Fillmore. Mm-hmm. And so they had it, like, super organized. Like, you couldn't have your phones out unless, like, right when you're taking pictures and stuff like that. And so I remember, like, I hit, I, like, handed my phone to the guy. Like, we took the picture or whatever. And then afterwards, he said, like, let me see it. Let me make sure it looks good. And, like, stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, at least did? he, like, yeah. I'm like, okay. at least he, like, actually cares. Yeah. Like, about, like, it's, he always cared about his fans. Like, he would randomly tweet people back. Like, the first time he tweeted me, I think it was a picture of my hamster. And, like, why? Like, why did I... Why? Like, oh, why? you sent him a picture of your hamster? I, like, tweeted him a picture of my hamster. Because, like you said, that's Twitter and we would just put whatever <laughs> well, we right. wanted on there. <laughs> but I think he just said, like, LOL or something. And I'm, like, freaking out because I'm 15. Dude, that that's still me. Like, <laughs> no. I've had Kid Cudi... Uh, actually, I don't think he's ever responded to me, so you got me beat there. But he's retweeted <laughs> me twice. And he might have fucking responded. I don't know. But, actually, it was, like twice within the last year mm-hmm. and i remember being at home and i was just like fuck yeah dude like I, and like no one gave a shit like no, besides me yeah, like i screenshot still, it sent to my, my group chat of like buddies uh-huh. i told my girlfriend I'm like yo look at all this kid cuddy fucking knows me <laughs> and meanwhile he probably just you know one of the thousands t- thousand tweets he had no, sent right. to him but it fucking like you said no. some interaction with your fans does a lot it goes no, a long it way it really does and it was like even more than that because like, we had multiple fans of like or mac heads that like they like would give letters and like things from like other fans and mm-hmm. like just make sure like and he always like would post if he read them or saw them or something and like would make it known that he like actually is paying attention to like the gifts that people give him yeah like i knew a girl that gave him a bracelet too and like there's pictures of him wearing it like days before he passed away you yeah. know like that's insane like it's amazing but it's just crazy to think that you as a fan like your impact does have that like, it it's just crazy it is, about. but so you said, uh, and I and I would agree with you. But you said um, you enjoy not just him and his music, but the community that came with it, because that is strong when you have people mm-hmm. that connect to something that you like so much on a different level than just you know musically. Um, you've you've actually met like and started hanging out with lots of these different people, right? You mm-hmm. went. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you went to Blue Slide Park, which is in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So that was when he died in September. Um, that in November, like, a couple of my friends put together a whole memorial. And so, like, there was a, a bunch of them, obviously, that just happened, like, days after he passed, like, at Blue Slide Park mm-hmm. and everything. Um, it's in Pittsburgh. And my friends put this together. And so people from 
other countries, other states, everything. All these people came to like just be together for that day. So I stayed in a house with um, 10 other girls that I met from Twitter okay. that I had never met in person besides one of them, I think. Up until then? Mm-hmm. Oh. And like it was just people I had known for like eight years just online and like finally meeting them in person. And it was, it's terrible that it was for that reason. Yeah. But like it was, like we, I, like we cried at Blue Set Park and stuff, but I'm like when we were together, like just hanging out, like drinking or like doing whatever, like we all were just like, there was never an awkward point. Yeah. Like, you would never, like, you, like you would think there would be. Like, yeah. you never met each other. Like, you only, like, talk to each other through text or, like, FaceTime. But, mm-hmm. like, we all just, like, connected immediately. And I love that about it. And I went to Pittsburgh that November. Um, then I went, I think, the fo- the following September um, for his memorial. And then that February or January, okay. I went back. A couple different times. Yeah. So, it would I mean, it would have happened this past year, but yeah. COVID. Yeah. But that's, I mean... Um, that's, there's a lot, and on this podcast, there's been a lot of talk about like shitty things about social media, but to your point, that's like one good thing mm-hmm. that could come from it is you had this, such a deep connection with yeah. people you didn't know. And then you were able to go on, on vacation with them and it, it was like, they're already like your best friends, right? Right. Yeah. Like, and there's people like they've, some of them have come visit me and stayed with me before. Like one of them helped me move into my new apartment. Like, it's just, it's. People don't, like, think of, like, your internet friends as, like, your real friends. And I was mm-hmm. like, some of them are better friends than, like, my friends I have in town. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it is just the connection you have, like, through yeah. that. But, like, it's because I've known some of them since I was 15. And, like, part of it, I think, is them not, or maybe both of you not, like, seeing each other in person to watch you grow up. So, yeah. you don't see the bad, like, the good and the bad. Like, you pretty much only hear about the good because mm-hmm. you're just, like, talking to your friends. Yeah. But. Yeah. And I think, honestly, as, as lame as it sounds, a group when you have like a group of fans, really like Mac heads or like Cud fam, you know people mm-hmm. who are like almost like a cult following of these <laughs> yeah. artists. Not as the only friends, but it's almost like it's like a community. Like you, no, it's a family, it's honestly. A, who all have con- like deep rooted connections. So it's like no matter what you've gone through, your feelings are very similar to you know what you take from take away from his music. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that like is so cool. No, so. it really is. I love it so much. That's like it, when he pa- like the day he passed away. I remember like thirty people texted me, like random people that I hadn't talked to in years. Mm-hmm. Like some people were just like, "You introduced introduced me to his music," so like I'm so sorry, like all this stuff, and just like it really was only that group chat of people that could like help comfort. Yeah, and like it sounds like I mean some people even don't even understand why you're um were that emotionally invested in an artist, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. Like, I have, oh, I what, seven tattoos for him? Like, of yeah. course, I'm emotionally invested. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it. it. I fanboy hard, so. Yeah. We both do. That's 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 a question I was going to ask is, uh, <laughs> like, how you're like, like, it's like a live audience. You're like, I know. We have well, I was looking at him like, we are a problem. <laughs> um, so, if if you care to answer, how was uh, his death? Like, how, I mean, because I, I can't even imagine, because, like, even though I don't know Kid Cudi personally, if he, even if he like tweets out a sad like something about like when he when he told himself like or when he told everybody he's checking himself in to to rehab for suicidal urges like mm-hmm. I fucking remember being like really worked up about that because yeah. it's somebody I care so much about so how how I mean how was that so I will never forget it because um that day so like days before that I was actually talking to two of my friends about buying like the meet and greets and like the tickets for the show mm-hmm. and because um, he was I, coming here yeah he was like you know, he's like it was. I think days before his tour or like yeah. a month, not even a month. I don't, yeah. I think it was less than a month. Um, but I just remember like talking about buying the tickets and everything. And then I went and got, I have a little rose tattoo behind my ear and I went and got that tattooed on me, came home, was getting ready for, um, hanging out with one of my friends. And my sister texted me and she was like, did you see Twitter? And I was like, no, why? And she just sent me a screenshot, I think of like someone saying that Mac died and I was like, get in the process of like, getting her. I think like half my hair was curled or something. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I just like, I remember I like, I was in my bathroom and I just like put both my hands in my counter and I just started bawling my eyes out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like at that time in my life too, like it was a very emotionally stressful time in my yeah. life. I was very emotionally vulnerable yet wanting to just be that person that didn't want to have emotions. And like, I hadn't even been listening to him that much at that point. Like I was like just taking like a, I was everything was so weird in my life at that point that like I probably hadn't listened to him in like a month yeah or something like that and like didn't think about it and then 
I saw that and I just started like crying and like my friend was already on her way over with her other friend like and I was just like I had to hang out with them and I was just crying all night yeah I was drinking I think at one point I was holding the bottle of wine and crying and I'm like this is not okay like can you can you listen to them now and not like yeah it's there's certain songs like the song 2009 from yeah. swimming um that I don't listen to that <laughs> unless you're already in a sad well, unless mood. I'm listening to the tiny desk which I don't skip it because that's a great performance yeah. um I just don't I avoid that song. Other than that, like most songs don't really get to me that bad besides that and probably So It Goes. It's it's the last song on the swimming album because mm-hmm. it was the night he passed away, his last story on his Instagram was him like the like it was a record player just playing So It Goes. So I'm like his last story mm-hmm. was the last song on his last album. Yeah. I mean, that's the last just heartbreaking. Before, like yeah. that's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, that whole I, I mean I only scratched the surface of research of, you know, probably that you've done on his life or on yeah. his struggles with mm-hmm. a, a drug addiction. So, Absolutely. But that is fucking... And, and honestly, I will say, I wasn't a huge fan of him and it, I was a fan, but like I wouldn't... I, I'm not the type of person to say I was a big fan of him and then... But okay. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I, I his death did kind of amplify my... Um, my attention to him. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but I will say... I'm glad that I started listening more because uh, he is very good. And that last album, knowing kind of the shit he battled, made that album that much better. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, he's he's telling you right up front his right. struggles. But like, because it sounds so good, people, some people don't get it that he has those struggles. Mm-hmm. And then some people like who connect to it deeper are like, fuck, dude. No, like it's, and he talked about it like from day one and people didn't even realize like it's. When he started doing just, so when he re- released his album, like his first album, like Blue Set Park and stuff, and then he made the Macadelic mixtape, and then mm-hmm. he started getting into like all his alter egos, like Macadelic was like the peak of him starting to do like hard drugs. Mm-hmm. So it was like in like one of his music videos, I think it's even him just drinking lean in the music video mm-hmm. and shit. And I'm just, it's that once that mixtape came out, like obviously everyone knew. But like you didn't like think about it. Like I was, I think I was like 16 when that came out. So I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's, drugs i guess yeah. i don't know well, and then like it got to the point where like faces came out and not a lot of people know faces but faces is i mean i love faces but um that was literally like he was just like that is his most beautiful mixtape because mm-hmm. it did show every single problem he had yeah. like he put everything out there for everyone to see and like he didn't hide anything and that's yeah. what i love about him like it was never like he was never that person to lie and like come out with like random like scandals and stuff and i feel like the most scandalous part of his life was about ariana grande yeah honestly well yeah when like, you're involved with her how can it not well, be right. a little bit but that i mean that is insane so was was faces um if you know was it a popular album for him or was it not it was mixtape it's a lot of mac heads like favorite albums like number one okay um but i don't it did it definitely didn't get as much recognition as it should have probably yeah. but that's also how a lot of soundcloud things are because a lot of people don't even know what soundcloud is yeah if you think about it like yeah. people do that started out with myspace and everything cuz you still use soundcloud mm-hmm. for random stuff and then it just kind of progressed but yeah it's just i don't know like when when it's only datpiff or soundcloud or something like a lot of people don't like realize you can just download like stuff like that mm-hmm. on your computer and like onto your phone yeah, but well, the reason I ask is because uh, if if Faces was kind of uh, Max uh, window into his personal struggles and battles, I was wondering if it did well or not because Cuddy's hit, hit the album that nobody fucking liked. In fact, he lost probably most of his fans—not mm-hmm. his true fans, but fans—after Speeding Bullet to Heaven because sonically it was just completely different than anything he's put out before. He it literally was a suicide note. That was yeah. that was after or that was around the time he checked himself in. And he, I mean, if you listen to the songs, it's, does it sound as good as Man on the Moon 1 or 2? No. Yeah. But listen to what he's saying. And it's like, dude, that vulnerability is respectable. So like, and he's fucking laying out all of his cards. So no, I'd rather have the artist I'm interested in and be, be like vulnerable rather than hide everything. Like I don't, I would rather have them show all of their emotions than maybe wondering. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it sounds stupid to like talk about like that, but it's like, and guess we didn't know them personally, but yeah. like you still... There will always still be that connection from, like, artist to fan. Like, no matter yeah. what. No matter whether you're in music, like, regular, like, actual art, like, whatever it is. Like, there's always just the fact that you are that attracted to something that they're creating. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, that has, like, it, of course it's a connection. Yeah, and I think vulnerability is something that, at least, I think most people, I would say, 
enjoy in not just artists but in other people like yeah. when someone's telling a story about maybe something they didn't do very well and they're learning from it everyone else is like oh shit mm-hmm. that's fucking brave of them for doing that and they're speaking up and now we're, we can learn from what they did or maybe i relate to what they did so vulnerability in any capacity is something i respect and it's very hard to do no, it but, is. Um, so question and i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna butcher this because i don't know how to pronounce it or i don't <laughs> think i do do you know what a posthumous uh album is like when someone says yeah. so it comes out after their death mm-hmm. what do you think about that because i've seen two different takes so with circles um like he create like he recorded all of the lyrics um obviously before he passed away and then like he was already working on some of the sounds like with um i can't remember his name the guy it was like some guy he wanted to work with for a really long time Mm -hmm. and he finally got to work with him and um so they were working on it when he passed away and that's it was all supposed to be like swimming in circles Mm -hmm. that was the whole thing like it was supposed to be like a whole project together and obviously it got interrupted but i'm glad they i mean i'm honestly personally glad they still put it out like Mm -hmm. there's even some mac heads and like i see like that got angry about it or something and even once they listened to it like they were like this is beautiful like circle like swimming is a phenomenal album Mm -hmm. but circles is beautiful like it really is like every single song on that album like i love like unconditionally like it's that has that has become my number one favorite album by him okay and i can't like and it's insane that the album that came out after his death is that but like i just he was finally becoming like the artist that he wanted to be that mm-hmm. whole time. And you could see it. Like even if you like if you listen to even like one song from each project he's made, like you can hear the progression. Mm-hmm. And like even just him being more comfortable. Yeah. Well, I think another thing that he does, and again, I'm going to comp- compare him to Cuddy because I think they both no, do they it do. is each uh each album they try they're not afraid to be themselves in the sounds that they put out. So each album's very similar because they you know, they have characteristics that are true to themselves, but then they're mm-hmm. also very different because they experiment with different sounds, like a jazz album or uh, a hard grunge album. Like, they have different things that they do that they try to do, and I think that pushing the boundaries on that is awesome. Yeah. And I think if a posthumous album, which, again, just a level set, if anyone that doesn't know, that's an album that comes... It's a body of work that comes out from the artist after they've died, so usually it's from, like, their producer or something like that. And the two takes I see usually, and I would agree with, and I'm... I don't know where I stand either is yeah. you're either pissed because it wasn't finished. The artist wouldn't have wanted it put out non-finished or you finish it up in your way, but it wasn't the artist's way. So you're kind of fucking with your creativity. However, the, the, the fan you is like, Oh, I want more music from yes. you. So it's like, but I do think you have to get the person, obviously if they're a good person, not if they're terrible, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to give them the benefit of the doubt that like, they were working closely together and knew what he wanted from the yeah. album. So obviously you have to give him the benefit of the doubt that like he knew, obviously not exactly, but he knew an idea of what Mac wanted it to be. Yeah. Well, and that one was almost already done. Like Circles yeah. was almost, it was, the conception was already, yeah, it's already yeah. like 90% finished, yeah. right? I, I think it's, the problem I have is like, let's say Kid Cudi died, which I fucking hope doesn't happen for a long time. <laughs> uh, if people just started putting out like scraps of album, like they did this with X. Like yeah. any fucking, like he could have like a 10 second like audio clip and they throw it on something. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, do you think that that was, he scrapped that for a reason. Mm-hmm. A project like Circles that was pretty much done, I would think, I, I would be in your boat, put it out because it was almost there. And I think he would have wanted it, his fans would have wanted it. The person who's putting it out thinks it's a good idea. Cool. But if like you take yeah. samples and scraps, just try to make money off of it because you know it's a hot topic. That's the shit I fucking. Well, I, don't I like. mean, the bad stuff that I have heard is only from like Warner Brothers, like keeping stuff from people. Oh, really? Yeah, like they apparently, um, like there's been two artists that I've heard of, one being Max DJ and then one being one of his close friends, who have wanted to release like things they had, like featuring Mac or something after he passed away, and they wouldn't let him, cause he they like own like all of it now. Mm-hmm. And like it's crazy, like it's and like these people like knew his family like their entire life entire lives and stuff and i'm like it's just it's sad to think that that's a thing like because they can get sued if they do it and like stuff like that and i'm like it's i don't know it is it is fucked up like if if i if i was a musician i passed on i would want like my brothers or my parents or like my best friend or my producer to be able to make the decision of do we put out this music or whatever yeah. not some fucking company who does not give a shit about me exactly or know anything about just me. making all this money yeah because, still making money yeah still making a lot of money actually well, actually make more money probably once you die because more people are interested 
which is yeah. also fucked up as a human species that we get more interested in people after they die which i'm guilty of it so i'm not i mean it i think it's happened to everyone yeah and any like no matter who it is i mean think about when michael jackson died people were freaking out yeah. and a random like 12 year old started like listening to michael jackson well even even not just uh celebrities but like oh yeah no how yeah how many times you've had somebody from like your your city or like not even your city but like the area dies and like you might not even have known them or even if you did a little bit you're like oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew him. It's like, no, you didn't. Absolutely. Like, it happens all the time. I know, time. that's what I always say to my sister. I'm like, you better know any fake bitches come into my funeral and act like they were my friend because they're not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want any of that. <laughs> but it happens. It, it no, is, it, it, is it happens no matter what. And, like, I think we all definitely are guilty of it at some point. I just definitely don't like the people that ask, like, the best friend one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, if someone dies, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we, oh, like, that was my best friend. I'm really hurt. It's like, Listen, I understand we all have our own feelings about it, but don't act like you were so close with this person. Exactly. That shit's annoying. But um, so to pivot a different direction, if you will. Uh, so going back to um, like Twitter and social media, mm-hmm. I would say uh, I, I'm, I'm not on Twitter as much anymore, but I know for a while when I was, you were one to put out your thoughts on there, which... Mm-hmm. I, I respect because, again, you're showing your thoughts. Um, I would also say you seem to be strongly opinionated on lots of things. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess one kind of topic we could go into. I feel like you're like, give me a look like, <laughs> well, no, I'm don't just fucking waiting. do no, this. No, I'm just waiting. Well, I want to tra- know what it is. I'm curious. <laughs> well, I don't know exactly which way I want to go with it. I will say, um, so one time uh, on this podcast, it was episode three. Uh, it was another another male guest. We were talking about like, uh, cancel culture specifically around Chris D'Elia, which is a c- comedian who was accused of like sexual harassment but never found guilty no one ever mm-hmm. like and I can recognize how two men talking about that might come off as insensitive or uh, just lack of knowledge mm-hmm. so I guess on topics like cancel culture when it's you know somebody makes an accusation but there's no proof or maybe multiple people make accusations and it looks really bad but there's no proof what's your opinion on that if, if, so, I, if I framed that up correctly, I can no, try to... I, no, yeah, I'm just trying to think... Now I'm trying to think the right way to get it out. Okay. <laughs> no, I... It's very hard for me when there's... It's hard to put it into words. And, like, it's very hard to, like, get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, It's hard, like... Obviously, I want to trust everyone with what they say. If you are saying that someone harassed, sexually harassed you or molested you or mm-hmm. whatever it may be to the extent to whatever... Like, I want to trust that no matter what. But with cancel culture, it is crazy right now. Like, it, they have had people that lie and just make it up. And then they have had hundreds of girls come out for Jeffrey Epstein and say that, yeah. like, all of that. And, like, it's so heartbreaking to see that, like, because once, because people can say all they want, like, oh, yeah, you could have gone to the cops. Yeah. I'm like, you have no idea what trauma is happening in your mind after that. Like, you could have just been dumped behind a dumpster like Brock Turner. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like, and, and... <laughs> trying to uh accuse or trying to trying somebody to be guilty on like sexual harassment it's one of the hardest things to like find guilty so it's like even if i did go to Mm -hmm. the cops who's to say that it's ever going to work out for me at all exactly because some people don't even get taken seriously yeah like it's i mean it's i think definitely it's people not taking it more seriously in younger years like high school college like stuff Mm -hmm. like that because I think most people, when they say, like, oh, like, they came on to me too strong or, like, they did this or, like, even things that you don't think of, like, as even rape or something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something, like, doing something that makes you uncomfortable and you don't think about that as harassment because as a kid because you're just like, oh, like, yeah. just, whatever, it's annoying. But, like, there's so many times I feel like, like, even watching, like, just shows like 13 Reasons Why and stuff where you see it, like, where you did notice in, college, in like, in high school even where, like, boys did things to girls that, like, they should not have done ever, mm-hmm. like, even just, like, random people that touch girls' butts and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, when you're, we're all younger, we're just like, hey, like, yeah. whatever. Dude, for real. That's a good example. Because like, that shit happened, and it's so it fucking weird. Like, I remember walking for a senior spring break in Panama City Beach, and some guy just smacking my ass. Remember, and I like, was like, bean dips? Yeah. Scoops? Yeah. Which is... Like, why? Like, <laughs> and, like, no one, like, even girls, like, no one really said anything. And then that one girl that did say something, everyone's like, oh, fuck her. Bitch. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's, it's and I'm up. like, when you think about it as an adult, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah. Like, why? Like, if someone came up to me and did that, I'd punch him in the face. I'm like, get out of my face. Like, no. Well, it's also just fucking weird. Right. Like, but so, I mean, this could honestly, <laughs> this could be a conversation that lasts a long time because there's lots of different things well, I kind of right. want to uh, just pick your brain about. So, 
I would agree. It is in a perfect world, any accusation you would. Yes, you're right. Because mm -hmm. why would you make this up? Right. Well, you wouldn't want to ever think someone would lie about that. Like that's the thing. Yeah. And the same time. And again, so this is my opinion. I, I recognize that because I'm a man, I'm probably more prone to this opinion. It's, it's a little concerning how, how, um, how quick we are to cancel people now because literally somebody could make an accusation that's completely false just to out of spite and then what no. basically you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't and that's what i was trying to like think about like when i was trying to like say something because i'm like it's hard because well one you don't want to say the wrong thing or you don't want to it's so many people do just say shit when they're breaking up with something like someone's breaking up with them yeah. they're like oh yeah like fuck you i'm gonna yeah. say you hit me one time yeah. like no, like that's not something you ever fuck around about. And like, I do think it's definitely more common with women that yeah. they will lie about that or make something up or oh, fabricate really? it to a extent. But like, it's not, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying that when it comes to the cancel culture, like there's happened women that have been canceled too. Like it's not just yeah. men. And like, it's a lot of the more time it's the women that like, they'll have to come out then and be, it's embarrassing for them even to come out and say like, oh, I, that, that's not true. Like I made that up or like I said it out of spite or like mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Like it's embarrassing for them, let alone the person who got accused too. I know. But at the same time, I feel like, like the Chris Lee stuff, like do we even know what happened? I don't know. I know. But then people always be like, yeah. well, there's a lot of people who came out. It's like, yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of shitty people who would make stuff up. But I, I, I almost like, although that's my opinion, I almost hate that it's my opinion because I wish I could, because so all I'm doing right now when I say that that's my opinion is basically I'm thinking of what would happen if that happened to me, right? Yeah. But when I'm doing that, I'm ignoring the fact that, okay, for all the people that this did happen to, I'm basically saying it's worse if you get falsely accused than it is if you get actually harassed, which is fucked up. You know what I mean? Does that no, make yeah, any sense at all? I can never imagine being in that position. Like I am very grateful to this day that I have never been like harassed or sexually harassed in any way. Like, thank God, but... Mm -hmm. Like, I've had friends it's happened to. I've had friends I've had to console that it's happened to. Like, it is heartbreaking mm -hmm. to be told that it takes on someone. Like, whether it's verbal abuse, physical abuse, just sexual harassment, like, whatever it is. Like, it's not just, it's not just anything. Like, it's, yeah. it changes you forever. Whether you think it doesn't or does, like, it does. Like, we, I've never been physically abused, but I've, we've all been verbally abused at some point in our lives. Yeah. By friends, relationships, like. Yes, anyone. Yeah. And you don't even, I think even when it's happening, you don't think about it like that. Like when someone's, like when someone's yelling at you and saying all these things that are wrong about you and you're like not thinking about it. And then two years later, you're like, I just let someone tell me everything I should change about myself. Like yeah. that's fucked up. Like <laughs> I just let someone try to make me into this little person that they wanted me to be. Yeah. Well, and that's that, how a lot of abuse things are too. Well, that's the thing too is like, um, what's the fucking, I cannot think of the word. I, I'll use gaslighting, but that's not the word I'm trying to think of. But like, if I keep putting you down, I keep saying these things, maybe eventually you'll learn that they're not true. But like, that's a, that's a type of abuse too. Cause it's like, you're, mm -hmm. you're planting the seed in my head of something I, that I'm not Yeah. because it, it, you know, you want me to fit some mold or some image and I'm losing my train of thought, but it's still kind of there. I've actually, I've, I've done this. I, and, and I don't do it on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Where like you, you do these things with good intentions and what it does is you're you're trying to sculpt somebody to be something that fits what you want but not who they are or what they want mm -hmm. and that never ends well i right? mean i think every most people that have been in relationships have dated someone that they've even noticed little things about them like the person that they want to change or like little things mm -hmm. like I, I wish they did or like i wish you just did this more yeah and like little stuff like that and like obviously in relationships there's gonna be little things that people do wrong and you're gonna discuss it and then you're gonna work on it together and like that's different of mm -hmm. course like we all do that like we respect that like we both do that in our relationships probably mm -hmm. but the people that like like i'm trying to think of a good example like it is hard it's hard like when i could think of it like 20 minutes ago if you asked me but now yeah. i can't well, especially you see the fucking timer like fuck i gotta <laughs> gotta be quick <laughs> no it's just i don't know no now you made me lose my train of thought yeah well now you're gonna do this to me <laughs> it, it is, it is fucking, it's a thing that I wish didn't happen, but it, it does. So point being, that's also a type of abuse that's not, it doesn't, there's like abuse that like, obviously people do intentionally and it's fucked up. And then there's like shit that people 
don't know that they're doing, mm-hmm. but cancel culture still treats it as if it's intentional. And I'm not saying like rape or something like that. Like that's, yeah, if that happens. Obviously intentional. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> see ya. But like yeah. some of the small things that like you can literally, for example, something that you or I may have put on like Twitter a few, like back when we were like 13 could get us canceled. It's like. Okay, that stuff. I have a little different opinion about because like okay. that no not not different from yours I'm saying different from like cancel culture and everything sure. because like if I tweet something when I was 12 years old I'm not that same fucking person oh no I, I think yeah, yeah. Like, I am yeah I don't know what I tweeted but it was probably some questionable things and like if you want to like I like I just can't imagine that some people have the time in their life to look back on someone's life that far mm-hmm. and just be like let me find something you tweeted in 2008 yeah it's fucked up I'm like why like how who hurt you like that bad like, well, and why do you want to hurt me? <laughs> Lots of times there's people you don't even know that are like trying well, to find these like, things. I think it's funny when it's like, I can't think of like an example, but like a random celebrity that like didn't do anything wrong and you're just like, let's fuck their lives up. <laughs> yeah, it is. It blows my mind. But I, I mean, I think cancel culture uh, really um, stunts our ability to learn because if mm-hmm. you cancel me for something I did 10 years ago, like you said, I'm completely different and also... Maybe I didn't realize, maybe I still don't realize what I did was wrong, but if you just fucking cancel me without, like... How are you going to learn from it? Yeah. I mean, you cancel culture eliminates all dialogue. I've said this in day one, I hate bullies, and, like, I just think that a lot of the time when it comes to little stuff like that, where it's, like, tweet or, like, a random picture or post Mm -hmm. or, like, something from... I don't want to say, like, obviously now if it's, like, two years ago, like, that's a little recent, but, like, if it was, like, ten years ago and you're going to pull something up of me, like, that's... Why are you attacking me for something? Like, what if I never did anything to you? Yeah, but that's another question. Yeah. So, who determines how old something has to be for it to not be like? Right. Because like, I could say something. I don't know. Like, I could say something two weeks ago that might have been very, you know, we could have been off, angry, you know, or could've bad been taste, yeah. right? But then maybe you heard it and we had a conversation, yeah. and now you, you you said something that completely fucking changed my mind. So I wouldn't say that to, and I don't believe what I said two weeks ago, right? Because mm-hmm. now my whole belief of that is completely changed but Mm -hmm. of course now i can get canceled for it so it's like i just i don't know i just i wish everyone was more open like open to letting people learn from their mistakes obviously we're getting away from sexual harassment all of that there's no learning from that you suck like leave (laughs) but when it comes to like even just bullying each other when it comes to talking like people down or when Mm -hmm. it just comes to not knowing how to communicate well like it's sad to think about how we as so many people are so quick to like just make fun of someone that we don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's just, I wish it, we were more opening to like open to learning from our mistakes. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, even if like, a lot of people, if you tell them they messed up, they'll get more defensive than anything. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. Like if you are saying that cancel culture should be more open to letting people learn from their mistakes, but they're going to get super defensive when yeah. they do confront them about that mistake. So you kind of can't win. Yeah. Just both. No. I mean, that's a good point. You, yeah. We have to be better at giving people time to make their uh, learnings, like to go through their learnings. But at the same time, these people who are messing up, which is everyone, mm-hmm. we all mess up, have to be better about taking feedback mm-hmm. and, and listening to yeah. what the issue is. Because it is very easy to just uh, get offensive and say, no, mm-hmm. no, I wasn't trying to say that. Or you, you twist my words. And offensive usually makes you seem more guilty anyway. Yeah. And you just, most of the time you seem like an ass. Mm-hmm. And I, I get, I, I mean... I have that problem. I think a lot of people have that problem, but, you know, trying to... Well, yeah, I mean, it's like if someone, like, I don't know, when someone, someone comes up to you with, like, some ridiculous accusation, you're like, no, what the fuck? Like, I didn't do that. Yeah. And then, like, you're like, oh, shit. Like, that's, that's the thing, though. It's like, yeah. you're almost damned if you do, like, if you stick up for yourself, it's like, oh, well, he looks more guilty. But if you don't say anything, it's like, all right, well, then he is guilty. So it's yeah. like, fuck. What are you supposed <laughs> like, to I say? Like, I just can't win. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so going back to... Uh, sexual harassment because i think that's another thing that and again if i say something that sounds stupid uh, educate me you or anybody who's listening but i feel like how that's defined is also um changed or uh maybe i've just learned more about it but like uh i was doing a training i don't know if it was for work if it was just something i stumbled upon or, or what it was but it was basically or actually it might have been for school uh, it was like, def- like defining what is sexual harassment, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously there's lots of, you know, it's black and white. You know what the fuck it is. But then there's some things that's like, uh, if if you and I went out on a date and, you know, our intentions were, it's a, we're 
trying to get a relationship going, right? Mm-hmm. It's, maybe it's a first date, second date, third date, whatever. And if we drink, we shouldn't hook up. That's sexual harassment. And it falls from what I was reading again. I don't remember it specifically. It falls, the responsibility there is with a guy. Because it's like, you shouldn't drink and ha- you shouldn't have sex when you're drinking or hook up when you're drinking because that's not in your you know conscious mind well we all do like we all do know that men can be raped too like men can be yeah sexually harassed as equally as women can yeah but obviously we know it's more common that women get harassed yeah. so it's i feel like the drinking like part or like knowing that like you shouldn't take someone home if you know they're drunk or like you should like all that shit and like some people hide their drunks very fucking well too and like shit like yeah. that and like I think everyone's hooked up with someone when they were highly intoxicated and then after been like, oh, shit, probably shouldn't have done that. But, like, we've all done that. Obviously, there's times where the girl's highly into intoxicated and, like, obviously they should not be, that. that's taking advantage. Like, we, yeah. there's a very fine line. And that's the there's thing, a how, very do you define fine line. how do you define yeah. it, right? Like, it's, and part of that has to do with the people that they're around. Like, if they mm-hmm. are around anyone, like, if you're, at, if you're at a party and, like, we have all probably seen our couple that the girl's highly too fucked fucked up and the guy and like her just go in the room and you're like that's not <laughs> probably not a good idea but like yeah. we've all seen it in different occurrences and it's sad but yeah and know. that's that's again where it's like it's so tricky because like for example if if a guy and a girl went out on a date and the guy is not drunk at all and the girl is then i think there's like that's a different there's like yeah. there's a there's a a heavy undertone of sexual yeah. harassment because it's yes. like he knows what he's Absolutely. doing and he knows that she's not in the mood However, if they're both drinking, but she's more drunk than him, how much more drunk? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because they could both be drunk. And at that point, is it sexual harassment? But if, you know, like, it's just well, it just has to be like, it just has to be consent. Like at that point, like it's how do you get past like two consenting adults together? Like you can't really like there's been t- there's I've like I used to I used to know a girl who she said that someone took advantage of them but i was with all of them that night when Mm -hmm. like we were all hanging out and like saw them start hooking up and i'm like i like it didn't see that Mm -hmm. and so i'm like it's hard like because you can say that if you were just were embarrassed of it and maybe you didn't want to hook up with that person yeah so that's the other side of it yeah so it's just it's like there's people that will lie to their grave about who they had sex with Mm -hmm. for what (laughs) i did yeah yeah it uh, that's the thing is like you can't make like a one like straightforward line for mm-hmm. well i don't think so because again let's say there's a guy well it doesn't matter guy and a guy girl and a guy mm-hmm. whatever but like you said people can fake their drunks so let's say after a night of drinking the girl says okay i think i was too drunk like you should know what you're doing even if that's true the guy could be like no i was fucked up too like i don't we yeah. were both fucked up so it's like then it's like he said she said mm-hmm. it that's just that's another thing that like is like i feel like in this day and age so okay i don't even know what i'm trying to say but i'll try i'll just i'm going through the awkwardness another thing too is like in that training it was like before doing anything you must say like you should ask hey would you like to have sex would you like like very bluntly Mm -hmm. but then when you ask like these like i have several friends who are girls or i've asked my girlfriend like if you're dating, like, if you're going on a date with somebody and, like, you know, they're, like, you're, like, you're getting into the mood, right? And then they go, hey, <laughs> can we have sex? That's going to, I don't want to speak for you, but that might take you out of the mood. So, it's, like, but if you don't ask, then, you, like, then you're not getting consent. So, it's, like, there's so many different like factors to it. I feel like you have to read the room and some people don't know how to read the room. See, but read the room is not in these classes of, like. Well, exactly. And. I feel like obvious, well, not obvious, most people, at least, if you're hooking up with someone, you can tell if they're into it, or hopefully you can. I mean, I would hope so, but <laughs> it's just, there's, there's going to be some times where, like, I just can't think of what I'm trying to get out. I'm trying, now I'm, like, keep losing my train of thought. Uh, dude, I already sounded the most fucking awkward in, like, the last couple minutes, so <laughs> you could literally say nothing and it would be as not as bad I know, as I just can't remember what I was trying to say. So it happens when I get up too early every day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what? I, what I was saying was like, if, uh, you know, you're in the mood and somebody says some like really like bullshit. Mm, mm. You said it's reading signs, but okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if someone literally stopped me in the middle of like us hooking up though and asked me that, I would probably just burst out laughing, and I can't lie about that because like I don't. It would be awkward as shit. 
okay, but again. But I keep. So but if, you so have to respect it. What if someone? But you thinks, have to respect it because they're respecting your boundaries. But also, I don't know. I would laugh. Yeah. I would. See, and then that would that as a guy, if I did that, and it would like, um, de- like demoralize me. I'd be like, oh well, I'm a I'm a bitch now. Like, <laughs> okay, well I'll just leave. I'll leave. You want to cuddle? Like it just be like. <laughs> you want to cuddle? Will you cuddle me? <laughs> it's like yeah. It's just exactly i'll be i'll be baby spoon like or like what if somebody thinks like they're reading the situation and like you're down yeah and then they don't ask like you said sometimes read the room and and often and what if someone is like not comfortable saying no so it's like i thought i read the room i thought it was good and she never said anything and then the next day Mm -hmm. it wasn't and here here to find out she thinks i like harassed her and I, i genuinely didn't think i did yeah so it's like those situations too I just, I wanted to get yeah. a female's perspective on no, it. No, absolutely. It's very hard to give a perspective, especially when I haven't experienced it. Fair. But Neither having have people in my life that have and like knowing pers- people on like on a personal level that like have gone through that trauma, like it's repulsive and disgusting. And I do, I don't like thinking about anyone ever lying about that because mm-hmm. that's fucked up like i don't i just don't understand why anyone ever would do that but it's hard for me to like give my point of view when i haven't actually experienced it like i'm trying like it's hard it really is because like i can't ever put myself in those shoes Mm -hmm. like i could never imagine that yeah ever and like i've been bullied i've been verbally abused like i can give like i know that but like when it comes to physical like it is and I don't want to discredit verbal abuse because it is traumatic, but like physical, it's at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And same with sexual harassment and all of it. Like, like with your body, like that's your body. Yeah. Like it's, it's sacred so, to you. Yeah. Like, and someone violating that, like I can't imagine. Like that would fuck me up forever. Well, I just don't get it. Yeah. Like, I don't care how fucking mad. Like, and I'm not trying to like put myself on a pedestal, but like, how does that go through someone's mind? But again, yeah. it's probably some shit that they've gone through that's conditioned them that I've way. I've never been so. fighting with my boyfriend and then fighting with him like i'm gonna hit you right now yeah <laughs> i've never what seriously like, i've like, never thought about that i'm like or have, have you ever felt like you were gonna get hit no like yeah but it happens so it's well, it, right yeah it's fucking i mean we've all most girls have encountered creepy men and like on the streets but that's different well yeah <laughs> i think most men have been creepy like with their cat calls thinking that it's like yeah they'll like to cat hear that a whole different thing <laughs> yeah so okay we can go that on should, no that's just creepy it is i just creepy. don't understand why anyone in their right mind would be driving <laughs> <laughs> like that <laughs> or be driving anywhere and they just yell something at you and like wave and i'm like what is like what do you think this is gonna end with that's like, the thing like what do you think like, you didn't even with? stop driving either so like what yeah you just let me just make it known to her that I think she's hot. Well, I'll tell you guys' perspective, and I guess I can't speak for all guys, but, you know, in my younger days, high school, mm-hmm. you might drive around, see somebody from school, like, <laughs> give a cat call. I'm not proud of it. I wouldn't do it now. But to me, it's kind of like, well, it was kind of like, they'll feel good because I'm giving them attention and like, yeah. which sounds so fucking uh, narcissistic now because it's like, who cares? They probably didn't even yeah. want my attention. Because people don't ever think about... Yeah. Um... Oh my god, I can't think of the word. Oh my god. Um, dun, 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 a um, a compliment. Jesus, I couldn't remember okay. what compliment. People never think about compliments being like something personal about you. Mm-hmm. They always think of it being physical, like something a physical like mm-hmm. thing about someone. Like oh, I like your hair, or like you like you're or you're just hot in general. Like yeah. people will think that'll make you feel better about yourself, but sometimes people will. Like even you, say saying like you appreciate my love for music and like you mm-hmm. like that we have that connection, but like. I appreciate that compliment more than a physical compliment. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. And Megan, I, th- I believe it was Megan Troost on my podcast. It might have been someone else, but I think it was her said the same thing. If we mm-hmm. started giving compliments based off of, you know, uh, like characteristics, mm-hmm. not physical characteristics, yeah. but like things that you notice about somebody, things that they traits, do, just, traits, yeah. or how they interact, that means a whole lot more. And it really does. It's like, why don't we do that? So mm-hmm. it's like, but like, you know, this is kind of like a joke, but you can't call a cat, can't do a cat call. Like, well, oh, right. <laughs> no. you have a great laugh. <laughs> Absolutely. But why do it in the first place? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's think, the whole I, point of it, I though. Think that's like, the maturity, though. Well, yes. But I've also seen grown ass men do it oh, that are yeah. fucking 55. And I'm like, you're older than me. You're like, that's even you're more like my dad. That's like, even more creepy. Like, stop. Like, no. And yeah. like, half the time, it's when I'm in like sweatpants or like, I'm just like, hair's top my head. And I'm like, this isn't even a good time. Like, I'm not even in an outfit where I'm like, oh, I might get something called at me. 
Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, living in Detroit, do you feel like when you go... I feel like when I'm out in Detroit, like, Greek, I'm thinking Greek town, right? Mm-hmm. You have a whole diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. I have witnessed so many fucking catcalls. Do you, is there ever, like, a certain place where you go, you're like, I'm going to get catcalled? No, I, I think... You can see the scenario that's going to happen when you, like, when you walk into Greek Town, you see that street and you see all these people and all these cars and you're like, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know when but it is. But the worst part about that, though, is they're not in cars most of the time. You're just walking by. That's, like, <laughs> dude, it's the worst, like, if, like, someone's walking the same direction as you. Because I've, oh, <laughs> I've literally been, like, in a group. So let's say I'm, like, up here. And then, like, there's people I don't know, like, ladies behind yep. me. And then there's, like, another group of, like, guys. Mm-hmm. And they say some shit and, like, they just keep walking. It's like... I feel uncomfortable and I'm not even I'm not the one saying it and I'm not the one it's being said to I'm just a third party yep and this shit is so uncomfortable no it is it makes everyone around them uncomfortable like I feel like most people that I've ever seen I mean uncomfortable people come up to me in public and just compliment me like nicely I'm always Uh like I don't know how to take compliments (laughs) like don't do it (laughs) yeah yeah they are weird especially from strangers it's like no yeah thank you and as like a bartender, like it happens oh fuck yeah like today today I was like what's your name and he was and I was like Jill he's like cute I was like yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I just I really smile, but I have a mask on, so I can't even see my awkward smile. You? I was like, you want a Bud Light? <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> do, do you have, as a bartender, do you ever have anybody, like, uh, spilling their heart out to you? Like, not, like, for you, but, like, oh, it's been a no, fucking rough people, day. People definitely use bartender as a therapist sometimes. But yeah. that's kind of, I don't want this to sound mean, but it's kind of the entertaining part of the job sometimes. Because <laughs> nine times out of ten, they've been drinking there for two hours, and you got them hammered, and then they're, they trust you. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And, like, honestly, there's been times where I'm, like, deep in a conversation and I actually end up loving the person. And I'm like, you're great. Like, I'd actually love to hang out with you. Yeah. But it's... It's time. Yeah, literally. But there's been times where, like, you get that person way too hammered and they end up just sobbing at your bar rail. Yeah. And, like, I've had it happen with girls before. Like, I've paid girls tabs, like, because they're crying because they're breakups at my bar. And I'm like, just, you gotta go home. Like, yeah. <laughs> go home. Like, you can't cry at a bar. Like, that's more embarrassing than the breakup. Yeah. And, like, we all know that. And, like, I've cried in public before, too. But. Yeah. The bar bartending. So, I never bartended, but I was a bar back for a mm-hmm. while. And I will say, saw some interesting shit, heard some interesting shit. Yep. Quick, quick aside, uh, just because I think it's a funny story, and you know, I like laughing, so hopefully you laugh. But uh, it was I was working at Bar Louis, and it was like two- what Bar Louis did you work at? Uh, no buy. Uh-huh. So hopefully this doesn't like get anybody in trouble. But it wasn't like Bar Louis. <laughs> it wasn't Bar Louis' fault either way. There was this guy who had definitely been probably overserved. Yeah. And I don't think he was just at Bar Louis. I think he was like just going around. Either way. I mean, it's Fountain Walk. People bar hop all over there. Exactly. So it was like two or two thirty. I was like mopping. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy who, like, came up to the, like, he got he got kicked out. We kicked him out. And he came up to the glass and just pulled his pants down and started rubbing his dick on the glass. And, like, part of me was pissed off because I was like, I probably had to clean that. But I was fucking dying. I'm like, We had a guy we had to cut off last Friday at 4 p.m. We had to cut him off. And he pulled out nunchucks. Nunchucks. I'm not you know even what? lying to you. I'll pay for it. I swear to God, because he was like, you're not going to kick me out. And like a bartender's like, yeah, I am. Because like I was getting off my shift and I was having my shift drink. And I told like the bartender, like the bartender was taking over for me. I was like, he's kind of off just so you know, like I let him know, like, because he like walked in, like wouldn't even look at me mm-hmm. and was like, Greg, was double. I was like, okay, like, <laughs> got it. <laughs> That's so weird, dude. And, but I just, I don't know. Like then like our manager had to come out and like confront him and like the guys were like puffing his chest at him and shit and fucking whipped out some nunchucks. That's I kind of low key respect that. I feel like dude, having nunchucks on, you, on nunchucks. But that's a power move. It's insane. Like could he did he like use them? No, he just whipped them out and like the like looked down at him. And the manager looked down. And he was like, See, "You're he's like you literally." I swear to God. You want to kick me? I can fucking nunchucks. So. <laughs> right, dude. I, I actually kind of respect that as a power <laughs> move, but I did want to save some time just very briefly. I know. You probably deserve more time to talk oh, I didn't about even it, but time it, was. it goes by quick, right? It does. Fucking told you. <laughs> but uh, entrepreneurship, because yes. you are uh, a new, we want to call it, owner, founder of uh, Seated Detroit. Well, so I'll let you speak to that. So co-owner, me and Kelly. So she was um, my manager. Well, so we started out, um, she was a bartender. I was a server at Bonnie's. And um, she ended up becoming my manager. And like when we got back from quarantine and everyone was like back to working and everything. So last may or june or whatever that was um 
I like told her, I was like, when I moved to Detroit, like I want to get more plants. Like I just want to like, cause I had the whole front room like this, my plant room now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just want to have a whole room of like plants. Like it gets perfect sunlight. It would be perfect. Like all that stuff. So she started like telling me little things I should get or like what low maintenance plants I should start with and like little stuff like that. And like, like I told you before we started this, like it just slowly started building up mm-hmm. and like once you start knowing some of them, then you see one in person and you're like, oh, I know what that is. I can maybe take care of that. And like, it's, so we were talking nonstop about like just half as even talking, like how about we want like a nursery or like a plant shop or just something or like mm-hmm. our own greenhouses or just whatever. And I got back from Punta Cana when I went in February with my sister and everyone. And we were like, and I was like home and I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm making an Instagram for us. And she was sleeping too. And I was like, I was like, here's the logins for when you wake up. Um, I don't know what this is going to happen, but I just followed a bunch of random people and I was like, this is what we're going to do. And she was like, awesome. And like, so she woke up, she helped me like get all of it ready. And then like, we wanted it to be a lot of plant advice Mm because a lot of people just buy plants and it dies in two weeks and you don't exactly. That that was me for a while. Getting better. But it's, I wanted it to be plant advice, but I also want to sell plants Mm -hmm. and I would love to have somewhere like plant house, like how Mm -hmm. we were just talking about that. And it just has a more local feel to it but we were talking about like even how nice would it be to have a plant shop in corktown yeah like a seated in detroit plant shop like just a little corner one like it would be so cute and like it would be perfect for that because corktown and midtown are up and coming right now with all young people and i don't know we so for right now the main plan is just like we want to do like consulting or advice or whatever i was looking into like personal shopping for people for plants okay like if i wanted certain something yeah you and, like you could tell it. me like what kind of light you get in your house and like i can determine what plants will work in your house oh, you know okay. what i mean because like a I lot of that. people will buy a plant not knowing it needs full sun and then it dies in a week or like whatever and like they are fucking bitches like plants are like they i don't know how they survive in the wild because we do one thing wrong one day and then yeah. it just withers dude no shit but, they make me feel so incompetent, plants do. Oh my god, no. There's like, and there's plants where I bought, like, I know you're going to die. Like, I'm not take, I'm not getting attached. Like, I know uh-huh. it's going to happen. And um, I don't know. It was just, it was definitely an easier start for us to start with an Instagram platform, like, for plant advice. Because it helped get our following already because we were in plant groups, like, on Facebook. Just, like, of random people, like, what's wrong with my plant? Or, like, what kind of plant is this? Or, like, mm-hmm. where should I go for this? Or, like, plant trades and, like, stuff like that that people did. And so even from that, like, because they do random days where it's like, oh, share your plant Instagram. And, like, so all these people are just, like, it'll be, like, hundreds of comments. And mm-hmm. all these people will just follow you. And, like, you follow each other. And it's, like, a, it's like a community, community yep. again. And um, Big community girl. It is. I am big community girl. I don't know. I just, I like relating to people that have the same interests as me. Because I feel like for a long time I was, like, searching for validation for things. Like, okay. for trying to be, like, a different person or, like, figure out my place in society. Okay. But, like building your own place in society is what <laughs> that sounds cheesy but it's what i did <laughs> i like that and then honestly what you just said could be a whole nother discussion that we maybe we oh, have right. because <laughs> that, that, that sounds like maybe some shit we could unpack mm-hmm. but um no i i think what you're doing is awesome i i had a support i got some stickers pot the t-shirts i see you kind of posting there depending which one went well actually i'll get one regardless but they got some cool shit so, so yeah we um have embroidery shirts coming out soon so we just put deposit on those so we're waiting for those to come in um okay. We're going to start selling plants soon. I have a couple at home that are waiting to get sold. And then still going to do the planners like we were. Like, I just painted a couple this morning. Um, Other than that, I'm just sticking with the basics for now because we got to make a profit before we can afford yeah. anything oh. else. <laughs> Dude, trying to start a business, I couldn't even imagine. Oh, my God. So many little things so, that so you don't even. I, I kind of know because I tried to kind of start doing it, but it was like half, half in, half now. But either way, the people want to know, and by the people, I mean myself. <laughs> If you go into selling plants, are you going to dabble in air plants? Yeah. Okay. I love air plants. I, do, I just bought a big one. Like I this saw. big. I saw. And I have one. Uh, you can't, oh, is it? It's oh, the, no. You did something. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That thing's fucking. I, it's just so cool. No, they're so. really cool. And like they are weird. And they honestly, I they, they creep me out because I'm like, I don't know why. <laughs> well, no. It's not even in like a gross way. Like yeah, it's yeah. just I'm like, I don't understand how you work. Yeah. And I don't get it. Like me I don't either. know how you're alive. The and I was telling you this. Though, I'm right? like, I don't get it. Yeah. Okay. No, they are. And like they can. That one that I had, that I just bought it that big, I don't know how long it took to grow that big, but it's insane. Don't you just like spray it? So you can, so what I do is I um just get like room temperature water. I try to do purified water. Okay. And you can just like put them in the water, let them soak there for a couple minutes. Like just keep turning them, make sure that it gets all wet mm-hmm. and then just take it out, let it dry and just put it back. 
It's so weird that they don't have roots. I heard that they like boss water. Yeah. I mean, some people say that, but okay. <laughs> I mean, they, I just use purified water for all my plants. So I have like my pure in my fridge and I just will fill up my water thing and I just leave it out. So it's not cold anymore. Okay. But they don't, um, like, cold, they don't like cold water? Well, cold water can like shock the roots if it's like freezing cold. What kind of fucking water you got coming out of your faucet? Mine's like not that cold. <laughs> no, not my faucet. Like I'm saying my water out of the fridge, like if oh. I just use the pure like water out of the fridge, then okay. it would be too cold. Okay. But also tap water has a lot of bad stuff in it. So that's why they don't recommend using it for your plants. Okay. Well, and if they, if they say if you do use it for plants to leave it out overnight. Tap water? Yeah. Because it can help like get some of the shit out of it. Well, I can't think of the word, like evaporate. You've been using tap word. water, so. They're no, still I mean, alive, no, I mean, but... some of them don't give a shit. It's like the random hard plants that they're like, they'll die if you use tap water. Well, <laughs> they like, might still die. They're oh, pretty new plants. No, but still, it's, that's a little thing that I feel like a lot of people don't do. And just like people that actually like research plants do, I guess. Okay. But it's, I don't know, that's just what I do. Okay. You don't have to do it. For all my propagating plants, I use tap water. If you're what? My propagating plants, like the cuttings that I make. Oh. Um, so you, like, you take cuttings from a plant yeah. and um, you put them in water and they'll like produce new roots. Mm-hmm. Um, I use tap water for those and I don't have a problem. Okay. Do you have a Venus flytrap? No. Those are hard. On, do you plan on getting one? Well, and you have to feed them like actual like... Like sh- a fly? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean... Well, and like, but they have to be constantly moist at all times so do you have like are they uh it's like high humidity and constantly moist i don't know their sun needs but like they're insane if you like if you like so if you see one in a store and you like just like kind of like touch like touch your finger along the ends of them it'll close so are they naturally found in like rainforests i think i won't put you on no i don't i don't know much about being they're I just, I don't have the time. Like, I don't yeah. have the time to, like, s- make sure you're, like, you constantly have water in the tray underneath you. Like, I don't. Who, who do you give more attention to, your cats or your plants? Who do you have to give more attention to? Shit. I mean, they're both yelling at me all the time. Okay. I mean, <laughs> my cats are definitely more vocal. <laughs> yeah. But, cat, I mean, I wake up right in the morning, my cats are yelling at me for food and water, and then my... I have to go hurry up and turn on my humidifier and all my stuff for my plants. So it's kind of a routine at this point. So you just, just got wake, a whole family wake, that you're taking Wake up, turn the, turn the Keurig on, feed the cats, go turn the grow lights on and the humidifiers on and all of it. And then <laughs> So when lot. you're up, the whole house yeah. is up. Well, I mean, I try to be quiet. Okay. Well, I appreciate your craft because I, have a, <laughs> I had a friend who was very much into trees and mm-hmm. plants and whatnot. So appreciate what you're doing. I think it's cool. Do you want to give a quick plug to any website or blog or Instagram or whatever where people can find it? Because people should support it. It's cool. Yeah. So it's at Seated in Detroit on Instagram and Facebook. And then it's SeatedInDetroit.com as well. Check it out. Yeah. Are you all sold out of the stuff that was on there? Um, not. We- there's some stickers left. There's a couple planners left, I believed. Um, the shirts and hoodies are sold out. And then there'll be new stuff coming soon. But... Oh, yeah. Not yet. <laughs> awesome. Well, I like that. Um, Jill, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, of course. Oh, I can't forget. The most important, well, all of it's important, but uh, I always kind of like to end this with a mental health tip. I mm-hmm. almost fucking forgot that. So uh, if you have a mental health tip, something that you do that kind of helps you achieve good mental health, or if you're having a bad day, if you do this thing, it kind of pulls you back in, mm-hmm. um, what would that be? Honestly, after quarantine and everything, cancel those fucking plans. Because if you, if every time I've had a doubt, if I want to hang out with someone or if I want to just have my me time, like it is so much more important now, like than it ever was in my head at least, because every time I just want to be alone, like I didn't take advantage of that before. Like I always was going out with other people and like making sure like I thought I had to socialize or do stuff on the weekends. And I'm like, now I love when I just stay home on a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just love being able to like, whether it's watching a movie or watching fucking 10 episodes of a TV show, I'm like, it's self-care in its own way mm-hmm. because it is important to have that time by yourself. Like, I don't think it's healthy to constantly be with another person because even when you are with your significant other, you can have alone time at the same time. Mm-hmm. You can be in the same room and have alone time and just not talk for two hours and it's alone time. So have some me time. Mm-hmm. I like that. Always. So not to take away from your Timbit because I like that. Mm-hmm. The question off of that real quick. Uh <laughs> has like so if you're having plans with people and like you cancel has have, have you had any bad reception to that or has it um, all been like okay? most of my people that i've like i'm very honest about it i don't lie to people i don't lie to many people in my life like i don't see the need for that mm-hmm. and so i'm like i will be honest i'll be like i'm honestly not feeling it today like i just want to be by myself like do whatever and most people when you're honest about it they respect that more fuck like yeah. it's more when you're like sorry like i can't hang out anymore it's like I got oh something fuck came you up. why yeah i hate like, that shit 
Like, why? If I'm like, oh, sorry, I just don't, I'm having a bad mental health day. Your real friends will be like, okay, I get it. Of course. Mm -hmm. Your fake friends are going to be the ones pissed at you. Yeah. (laughs) No, I like that because it is, if you make a commitment to hang out, sometimes you feel like you have to do it even Mm -hmm. if you don't want to. So I, that's a, that's a struggle I have. It's like, should I go? I made the plan. I struggled with that for a long time and it's working for you better. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a good tidbit. It's one that Mm -hmm. I don't think has been shared yet. I don't think so. Good. Uh, I, thank you again for coming on. Yeah. I do course. have to do a shameless plug. Um, uh, when you're hearing this, anybody, I believe this is the first day where the My Hood hoodies are going to be out. All of the proceeds go to Children's Mental Health. Uh, the Detroit Children's Foundation is helping me put this on. So, again, uh, they're available now at whatsyourhood.com or uh, I'll, I'll post lots of links and whatnot but sorry to make you sit here no, while i say this <laughs> have to promote it because the children's foundation and i are trying to raise as much money as we can of because course. they're using it for research and all these things for uh for kids and and their mental health because i think mental health is important for everybody but as if we can get people educated beforehand mm-hmm. i think that can do wonders because oftentimes once people are educated on mental health it could be too late or they don't know how to handle it when somebody else they know is going through it so just want to put that out there uh if you're hearing this now seeing this now and you think it's cool uh check it out we got hats hoodies t-shirts whatever but anyway <laughs> thank you again yeah of course. um if you want to be a episode fucking i i suck at this <laughs> if you want to be a guest on this podcast and have your own episode like jill did <laughs> text me call me <laughs> uh t-i-m-m podcast is my instagram my facebook i need to get somebody who just does my fucking sign offs because i'm terrible at it until next week you said record one or something record one okay now you're calling me on my shit so (laughs) either disregard everything i just said or don't disregard it if you want to be on the guest (laughs) if you want to be on the podcast as a guest just let me know somehow all right thank you sign off until next week (laughs) goodbye (laughs) God.